No matter how much we know or think we know about God and His Word, there is always more. Today on Always More, Rebecca Keener discusses how the Holy Spirit is relevant to our everyday lives. He is the one who is our comforter in times of need and gives us the power to live a victorious life. Now, here's Rebecca. Hello, everybody. I am Rebecca Keener. Welcome to Always More TV. We've been in a study on love. It's been fabulous and learning about the greatest gift of all out of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 13, 14. The greatest gift is love. And in the last uh, week, we talked about the greatest commandment of all, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And then today we're talking about love your neighbor as you love yourself. So we're just taking a couple weeks to break this verse down. You don't want to miss it. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll get right into our lesson. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person watching today, God. And I pray, Father, your strength and your peace and your healing come rushing into that room wherever they're watching this program or car, wherever they're listening. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be with them today. And Lord, teach us to love our neighbor as we love you. And we just thank you, Father, for your word. And we ask that you anoint it today in a powerful way and that our lives will be forever more changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to be with you. This has been a program on the Holy Spirit and just getting into the word of God. And it, truly, we must rely upon the Holy Spirit to help us love the Lord our God with all, everything in us, our complete self, our mind, our strength, our soul, everything within us, our spirit, and then to love our neighbor. It has to be through the leading and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. If we try to do it in our own strength, how many of you know we'll just fail, we'll just fall flat? But if we lean into the Holy Spirit and invite him into our life and ask him to lead us and teach us and show us who is our neighbor and how do we love them? And that was the question that arose when Jesus was approached in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. So if you want to turn there in your Bible, grab your Bible, grab your phone, open it up to Matthew 22. And 30, it starts actually in 34 through 37. And I'll read those to you today. It says in verse 34, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. You know, people were always surrounding Jesus and trying to test him and ask him questions and catch him off guard and get him to say something that you know, would be off or amiss and they never could do it because he was the only perfect person to ever walk the face of the earth. And they ask him, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And then Jesus went on to say, verse 37, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And we discussed in our last program, you are welcome to go back and catch that on YouTube, how the, the, the same scripture uh, in Mark and in Luke mentions with all your strength as well. That means all your physical strength, all your spiritual strength, 
It means heave ho, everything you got in your whole being, give it to God and allow him to use it and give your love to him with all your strength. This is the first and the great commandment, Jesus said. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On those, these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. And we know that we are led not by law now, but we are led by the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We are led by the spirit, by the Holy Spirit, and he helps us to love God with all of our heart and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So let's look at that verse and what that means. It's also mentioned in Romans 13 and 8. Paul said this, he said, be indebted to no one except to one another in love. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Very interesting that he mentioned it. And he also said in Romans chapter 13 and 10, love does, does no wrong to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And then in Galatians, it says 5 and 14, the entire law is fulfilled in a single decree. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So Paul mentions it three times as well. Jesus mentions it three times that we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Now, next week, I have a very special guest coming in, Renee Carls, and she is going to be talking with us about learning to love ourselves and learning to recognize that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit and how to love ourselves uh, physically and take care of ourselves and boost our immune systems and take care of this temple that God has given us. But it's very difficult for us to love our neighbor if we don't love ourselves. And so we're going to take a look at that. But Jesus essentially said here, I've heard it said, love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. And if you don't love yourself, it's very difficult to love others. And then vertically, if we don't love God, first and foremost, that love that pours into us cannot flow out of us to others. We, we rely, we are completely dependent upon Jesus Christ to love people through us. And we can't do that if we're not giving him the best part of our day, the best part of our strength, the best part of our emotions. But you know, oftentimes what we do is we give him what's left over. We give God the little bit of strength that we have left. Okay, now I'm going to pray. Okay, now I'm going to read my word. Okay, now I'm going to spend time with God. And God wants us to give him our very best so that we can give others his very best through us. Amen. <clears throat> now, this particular verse in uh, Matthew and the account in Mark and the uh, the uh, or the account in Mark and then the account in Luke, the scribe who approached him and and uh, stated this commandment. He said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your." mind with your strength. And Jesus says, you have answered correctly. He came back to Jesus and he said, who is my neighbor? Because again, he was trying to 
further test him. And then Jesus walks into uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan and tells about the man who had fallen on the side of the road, beaten by a, a band of thieves. They stole his money. They beat him. They left him there to die. And uh, a Levite came by, kept on going. A priest came by, kept on going. And then all of a sudden, another man came by, the Good Samaritan, and he was the one who bandaged his wounds and ministered to him and, and uh, took care of him, took him to a hotel, put him up in a hotel, provided for him. And uh, then he said, I have to leave. I have to go away for a few days. But he told the innkeeper, if he needs anything, you put it on my account and make sure that he's taken care of. And so that was Jesus's example of how we're to love one another. And when we think about who in our life is like that, that person that was beaten and left for dead on the road, you know, we have people in our family, we have people in our neighborhood, we have people in our community, people in our church uh, who need that love. They, they really maybe, they don't have, they've not been beaten outwardly, but inwardly, there's those wounds, there's those hurts. And uh, sometimes we just walk around like we're walking around with a coronavirus with a mask on and God's trying to get our attention and shake us up and help us to see that there are people behind those masks who are hurting. We put up a mask, we put up a front and say, I'm fine, I'm okay. I'm, I'm doing all right. That's what we say in the South. I'm fine. How are you? And oftentimes there's so much hurt and so much ministry needed on the inside. And that's why God fills us with his Holy Spirit. And he gives us that gift of discernment so that as we're going along our daily path, we can discern people who need that extra bit of encouragement, who need prayer, who need love, who need us to lift them up, who need us to come alongside them and say, don't you quit, don't you give up, you keep going, you keep running the race for Jesus Christ. And, you know, really that's the example of the Good Samaritan today. And all around us, all around us, we see people who have needs. They may be physical needs. There's so many single moms who are just trying to struggle and make it. And many through the years who I've come in contact with who didn't even have beds for their children to sleep on. And, you know, many of us may have an extra bed or an air mattress in our home that we could give practical needs, things that we can do to be that good Samaritan and to help minister to others. And so I think we have to just look around and see who is hurting. We have to be willing. And I'm so convicted by this in my own neighborhood because I've told you before, I live in a pretty large neighborhood and very um, uh, culturally diverse. We have so many people living there, coming and going. Many of them I know don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They're not in church. They're not uh, plugged into a church and there's needs. We have um, widows in our neighborhood who have needs. And oftentimes it's just crossing the street, being willing to cross the street, come out of our house, cross the street and say, how are you? Is there anything you need? Is there anything I can do for you? 
Uh, is there, can I pray for you? You know, just to be bold in this time that we're living in because so many people are open and they're receptive. And as we talk about the Holy Spirit here on this program, I'm blown away and amazed at how many people want to know about the Holy Spirit. Maybe they've grown up in church their whole life and don't know anything about him, never heard about him, and they're interested. You know, they want to know. And I was thinking about, you know, what are some things that hold us back from loving our neighbor like we should or like we really want to in our heart? <clears throat> and um, one of the things that I thought of was just apathy. You know, we just kind of get stuck in a rut. And I heard a minister say one time we come into our castle and our electronic garage door is like our moat and we put the moat down and we go in and we don't want to see, you know, our neighbors. We just want to go in. We just want to just unplug from the world. We're exhausted. We're tired. And God knows that. God knows that you, you know, you're tired. And I think going through the time that we have been through this pandemic, it does kind of drain you to a degree. We, that's why Paul said in Galatians 3, you did run well, who bewitched you? And this whole coronavirus and then the cultura, cultural upheaval can be bewitching and it can tire us down and you feel like I don't have strength to love my neighbor like I should. Well, see, that's when we have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to love people through us and to show us and, and not to just be apathetic or without compassion. Sometimes hatred, sometimes we allow a, a bitter root to come in our heart. That bitter root springs up. It festers into hatred. And we're just thinking, you know, I've dealt with that person my whole life. I've done for them. I've taken care of them. I've given to them, blah, blah, blah. You know how we say it. And, um, and we allow that hatred to come up in our heart. And it is a blockage to loving them the way God would have us to love them. Sometimes a lack of compassion. You know, sometimes we just, we lack compassion for other people. You know, we see our need, our situation, our priorities, what we need to get done. And we are void of compassion for those around us and blinded to see, to stop. That's what I love about Jesus was he stopped for the one. He stopped for that one person who he discerned, he knew through that supernatural knowledge, everything they had been through, just like the woman uh, at the well, she said, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done because Jesus came into her life and he rocked her world. He changed her world because he, he stopped and he took time. And so God wants us to have compassion. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes we are afraid to, especially during a time where of pandemic, where you think, I don't, I don't know if I want to go to somebody's house and knock on the door. It might frighten them or they'll think, why are they here? Or I don't, I don't want to speak to somebody. I've noticed even with the mask in the stores, people don't want to look at each other. They don't want to look at each other in the face and at least greet one another and say hello. And um, I pray that the Holy Spirit will keep us as Christian brothers and sisters strong that we don't forsake 
that loving our neighbor like we should, acknowledging people, speaking to people, loving people, encouraging people. Sometimes it's inferiority. Sometimes we just feel inferior to somebody else, and that's a fear in itself, that feeling afraid that I'm not going to measure up. And you know, God doesn't want you bound by that. He doesn't want you bound by fear or inferiority and for that to stop you from loving your neighbor. I'm thinking about when Edward and I lived in Phoenix, Arizona, we were block pastors with the Adopt-A-Block program at Phoenix First Assembly. And we went out every week, we took groceries to a whole block that was assigned to us. And we loved the people. We went in the crack houses and the heroin houses and and met the homeless at the park and took lunch. It was wonderful four years of our life that we had that experience. When I first went out, uh, I had uh, Truett, our youngest son, and he was a baby. And a lady, when I walked up, said, lady, I wouldn't take that baby out on those streets. You shouldn't take that baby. And we were very protective of him, you know, and made sure he wasn't exposed to germs and things like that. But um, I had to press through that fear that I was, you know, putting my children in harm's way to do what God had called me to do and minister on those streets. And you know what? It turned out to be one of the greatest experiences of our family. And we have never forgotten the friendships and the love and the lives that were turned around and the people who were delivered and set free. And, and we watched the Lord use us in a powerful way. But we had to press through some fear in order to love our neighbor. And uh, sometimes it's sin in our life. Sometimes we just allow, you know, sin, bitterness, gossip, um, all those things to keep us from loving our neighbor like we should. And so God wants all that to be cleared so that we can love one another in righteousness and holiness and truth. You know, we have to be truthful with one another. When you see someone hurting, it's not being loving and living in truth to act like they're not hurting. Amen. If that good Samaritan had just passed on by the guy who had been beaten on the road and said, well, he looks okay. He'll be fine. He's all right. I don't want to get involved. That's what we say. I don't want to get involved. And we use that as a, as a front for not fulfilling this covenant or this commandment of loving our neighbor. And um, I think God wants to bring us out of that. He's bringing the church out of that right now. He's bringing us out of the four walls into the highways and the byways and the streets to love people the way he commanded us to. I was thinking of the scripture I wanted to share with you, 2 Timothy 3 through 5, if you want to look at that scripture, 2 Timothy 3 through 5. And Paul said in this scripture, and I think this is the day we're living in right now, you may be listening to me and say, you know, I really want to love my neighbor, but Becky, have you seen what's happening? Have you seen what's going on in the world today? And I think 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 5 sums it up. For men will be lovers of themselves. They'll be lovers of money. And you know, the Bible says that the root of all evil, some people say it's money, but that's not correct. We know it is the love of money is the root of all evil. So we see that evil abounding, the root of all evil because of the love of money. They'll be boasters. They'll be 
proud. And we see that in social media today, you know, so much boasting and bragging and, and pride and arrogance and insolence. And really, it has not helped our culture a whole lot, has it? And um, then he goes on to say blasphemers, disobedient to parents. And we see that so, so much kids being disobedient to parents. And we see so many kids who are raised without parents, fatherlessness, and uh, the, the issues that are brought into a family because the father has abandoned the home. They are unthankful. And, you know, I think sometimes we see that even in our own family, that really has to become a core value of our spirit that we teach and we train our spirit. We train others and our children coming up, our grandchildren, to be thankful to God and show gratitude to him and to one another. You know, to greet one another, to show gratitude to one another. Um, and we see that more and more. People are just unthankful. They're entitled to take things and to grab things. And um, God is putting his finger on that. Paul says, unholy, they will be unholy. They'll be unloving. You know, you think about the riots in the street, and this really just describes it all. Unholy, unloving, unforgiving. They'll be slanderers uh, without self-control, no self-control, no constraint. People just running wild, crazy in the streets. They'll be brutal. And we have seen, I mean, in the news, if you watch any news, which I'm having to just really... Tone that down a lot, you know, because it's just so overwhelming to our mind, our spirit, our soul, that we can't even handle the evil that's being unleashed. We can't, in our mind, we can't process it. Despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, haughty, that means uh, proud, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You know, maybe that's why God has allowed some things to be shut down that we had just made an idol, um, you know, just uh, pleasure, entertainment, sports, all those things, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And then that verse ends like this. Paul says, and from such people, turn away, turn away. And so when you look at that scripture and then you look at love your neighbor as yourself, how do we love people who have been disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without self-control? You know, sometimes we, one of the things we have to do is back off and allow that person to reap what they sow. I know I have reaped some things in my life that I sowed that were bad seeds, and it was a painful thing, but it was a good learning experience for me. There are consequences to our sin. And we have to learn to stop enabling those people. You know, sometimes that's love. That's tough love, loving our neighbor. And, you know, we love the sinner. We love the person, but we hate the sin. That's so important for us to separate at this time. We love our neighbor, but we hate the sinful lifestyle that they are in bondage to. And we pray that God will deliver them. So that is our 
That's our mandate at this time in loving our neighbor. Jesus said this in Matthew 5 and 44, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Have you ever been spitefully used <laughs> and persecuted? You know, Jesus said we would. We would. So why are we surprised when we are? I don't know. I, I've often pondered that. But the way we love and the society we're living in today is to pray and intercede as never before. Mama, grandmama, granddaddy, every time you hit your knees and you pray, when you see things on the news and what's happening in the streets, we are called to love those people that are out of control by praying for them, for their salvation, their deliverance, for their baptism in the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Think about if all of those that have been in the streets and rioting and looting and tearing down, burning, think about if they were filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. Wow, what an amazing thing. And you and I have the power to agree together that God will do it. He will pour out his spirit, he said, on all flesh. Everybody say, all flesh, all flesh, amen. You know, sometimes when we're loving our neighbor, it just means listening to them and holding a Kleenex box if they need to cry. That's what I like to say. Just get you a Kleenex box and hold it and sit there and listen. Let them cry. Put an arm around them. Love them. Bless them. Encourage them. Send a text. Send a phone call. Uh, uh, give a phone call. Give a FaceTime, you know, and let people know that you love them. Show interest in others. If we don't ever show any interest or ask anybody, how are you to do today? What, how are things going in your life? You know, we're not demonstrating that love. And sometimes it's just as simple as that. Sometimes it's a smile. Sometimes uh, it's just acknowledging that person. And letting them know that, that the love of God is in you and it's coming to them through you. Pastor Barnett in Phoenix used to always say, find a need and fill it. Amen. I love that. Find a need and fill it. If there's needs around you in your home or in your neighborhood, in your community, help people. That's loving our neighbor. Sarah Miles said this, there's no way to be a Christian at home by yourself. Amen. We got to get out of our homes. We got to get out of our hiding. Got to get out of our um, confinement and look for the needs and fill it. Love on people. And Richie Norton said this. He said, when was the last time you told a co-worker or a family member or a neighbor you love them? He said, try it. Try it. Amen. I think about the people in my life who loved me, who bandaged me up like the Good Samaritan and, and uh, just brought me into to their life and loved on me and how my life has been changed forever. And, you know, how do you love your neighbor when you're just tired or you're frustrated or irritated? You've given up. You, there's nothing left in you. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so today, just call on him. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Holy Spirit, fill me and love my neighbor through me. I want to be used by you, Lord. And he will do it. Thank you so much for being with us today on Always More. We'd love for you to partner with us as we send the gospel around the world and tell others about the powerful Holy Spirit. We'll see you next week. 
on Always More TV. This program is brought to you by Heritage Christian Fellowship Incorporated and faithful friends like you. Your tax-deductible donation to Heritage Christian Fellowship Incorporated, founded 1974, will be used to support this program. To find out more about how you can be a part of sending the gospel through Always More, contact us at alwaysmoretv.org. Thank you.